ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. I got to say, if there's anything that's like good about the fact that I decided to go ahead and, you know, let y'all see my her, I feel like I look a lot more trustworthy than I did for like those two, three months where I was, you know, doing the podcast with a hood or a hat on the whole time. Like we got eye contact and all this. Uh, have we done a, we, we've done a show since the like first unveil, right? I still just can't imagine. I, I got all these people hitting me up, man. You need to cut that. You got a big old five head. Again, man, I tried to provide y'all some entertainment, but I'm just so damn cold that it couldn't even be the joke that it was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? That's just how y'all, you know, it's just kind of what it is. I mean, you know, putting stuff in it. You know, I ain't had hair in a while. I ordered some shampoo and some conditioner. You know what I'm saying? I got a, you know, shampoo to help with the curls, help them hold. You know, a little conditioner, you know, to health, healthen up the uh, the situation. Uh, I will tell you this, though. I think you'll find this to be funny. So I had some shampoo in the house, right? But the shampoo that I have in the house came from a promotional thing that uh, actually I don't think I should say that. Nah, 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 that's bad business. I'll just tell you that that shampoo that I was using was perhaps not best equipped for my hair uh, personally. It's a very long story. I don't really want to get around to that. I had a very good day today. I'm trying to think if there's anything about the fact that I had a good day today that I'm able to tell you guys here. I cannot. I can tell you, though, because I was off last week. Um, I guess you could call it a vacation, but I ain't go nowhere. I was just around here just kind of like you know, slow down on the stuff that I was doing. I had a project to work on. And so I was uh, doing some of that. But while I was gone, um, the job decided to put out an announcement of my contract extension. And I want to say thank you to everybody who told me congratulations and the likes. Because um, I... Uh, it was very kind of you, and um, yeah, this has been, you know, for me, a very, I mean, let's be real, man, TV show got canceled. Um, I don't have, like, a beef with the TV show being canceled. I think it was a defensible decision, but, um, like, it doesn't feel good to have your TV show get canceled, right? Like that's not what you want anybody to do. Um, like that's not, I've been doing this for a long time and a lot of y'all have been with me for a long time. So you know that I'm not the person that's going to wind up like crying in a puddle or anything about something like that. Cause I've been through these things too many times. Um, but it doesn't feel good when that happens. And so contract doesn't get extended. Excuse me. Your con your, your, your TV show gets canceled but you're talking to the company about your contract being extended. And that's, you know, it's a little bit of an odd place to be in at that point. Cause you don't even know like what the situation is going to be um, or anything else. And so that was actually like my contract expired a while ago, like months ago. Um, and we had settled it a while ago and then everybody's been busy. So they just got around to the point um of announcing it but like in the time between when we got the deal done and now like the whole world changed you know what i mean like it, it's a lot different um than it was before 
it's a lot different. Um, and we've been doing a lot of good stuff. A lot of things I've been doing, people have been like getting, you know, getting into and like the work I'm doing right now, it feels like it matters in a way that it did not feel like it mattered in the last couple of years. Like it just, it just feels different what I'm doing. And so I think that if that announcement had happened, like right at the time that we had gotten it right, I don't know how I would have felt about it, but it happens that it comes out as I feel really good about the things that I'm doing and with like a better knowledge of what the things are that I am going to do. And so like something rare happened when that announcement came around, which was I kind of leaned into the nice stuff that y'all was saying about me, you know, and you, and those of you who've been around me for a long time know that I'm not very good at that. Um, but in this case, I really just kind of like took it in and I can tell you sincerely and I, it, it means something different when I say it in this medium, because, you know, it's a different set of people that listen to this podcast. A lot of y'all have been with me like now we're in the decades, you know, we're coming up on 20 years at this point on that. And so I know it feels and comes across different um, to you guys and. Y'all been with me when they done shut my shit down at small things. Y'all done been with me when my shit got shut down at bigger things. Y'all been with me with a lot of this. And I feel like we have stayed remarkably similar, even as the world has changed. And so I thank all of you for all of it, you know, every single bit. And yeah, I think we in a, I think we in a good time. I think I am personally um, in a good place with all of those things. And so I may not always be the best at showing appreciation, but I'm like doing my best as I can right now to just kind of, you know, say thank you on that. Um, we all got a whole lot that's going on, man. And good news can be hard to come by. And I will, I think part of it that I will always appreciate is that for a lot of people who are like watching, listening to this or whatever it is, good news for me counts as good news for y'all. And the fact that a lot of you think of good news for me as being good news for you is probably as flattering as anything that anybody could like say, think or expect or whatever. So I appreciate that. Um, and with that in mind, let us move on to your questions. Is 50 scared of T.I.'s challenge? He made a joke, but he didn't accept all right, this is an interesting one. So 50 Cent, I'm trying to think of like the proper comparison to 50 Cent. Um, like, so I can imagine that if I were like 10 years younger, I personally would have no idea like what I'm supposed to think about this 50 Cent guy that the old folks talk about because we have to explain that. So in the year 2003, this guy was really, really famous, right? Like he was really, really famous. It was this whole thing. He got shot. He, he was rapping before, but now he got shot and he got like a bullet in his jaw and he got this whistle when he talks, he got a bullet in his mouth still. Like he was like the super duper, like next level gangster in a way that we don't see dudes like that right now that are like the full embodiment of like the gangster rapper. And so he was huge and get rich or die trying 
has there been a rap album since Get Rich or Die Trying that was as big as Get Rich or Die Trying? Like, I ain't even worried. When I say this, I'm not even talking about sales. I'm just talking about the magnitude of what an album was. I can't think of a record since Get Rich or Die Trying that was as big as it was. I'll put this in perspective for you. Um, I think that we would agree that the biggest Eminem album was the Marshall Mathers LP, and it was huge. The Marshall Mathers LP was not as big as Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, somebody says Watch the Throne was close. Watch the Throne was nowhere near as big as Get Rich or Die Trying. People talk about Good Kid, Mad City. Okay, I'm assuming that you're young if you're asking this question. None of those. The Carter Three, what are you talking about? No, none of these were nearly. Here's how big a deal Get Rich or Die Trying was. 50 hadn't put out a dope record since then, and we still talk about him. That's the part where I was trying to figure out, like, who is the comparison that I can make to him? Like, if he hadn't kept on making records, he's a guy that's in, like, a Guns N' Roses space where you did this one record that was so big that literally nothing else you do matters. Problem is, nothing else he's done has been, like, anywhere near that. So, like, what's really a jam that 50 has given us after Get Rich or Die Trying? Uh, I got money. Because y'all can try to convince me of Candy Shop, but Candy Shop ain't it. Like, I don't think that you can name enough. Y'all, see, y'all are doing something in the chat room that I hate. Which is you assholes are just out here just throwing out albums. Somebody said Country Grammar. Country Grammar came out three years before Get Rich or Die Trying did. Like, come on, man. There was nothing in, of that magnitude. It wasn't. It wasn't. Now, that T.I., however, T.I. got jams. A bunch of them. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch of jams. Right? Now, those of us with Atlanta inclinations, we like I'm serious more than the rest of y'all. I do understand that part. So, like, I'm serious. I don't know how many jams that he could rattle off. I'm serious. That'll get everybody like the Neptune's joint. Um, I guess that's the title track. I guess that'll, uh, you know, that'll get some people going. But I'm curious what the chat room has as their best song on I'm Serious. Because I think the best song on I'm Serious is, for me, there is only one answer for the best song on I'm Serious. And I just want to see who see how long it is before somebody puts it in here. Somebody said Hotel with Too Short. It's cool. But that ain't the one. And I feel like if you like a T.I. fan, then the answer is really only one. Yeah, now it's coming in. Coming in, doing 50 more times. Quarter go for half and five go for nine. Dope Boys in the Trap is the one. Hey, never been a time of my life that I was not ready to hear Dope Boys in the Trap. <laughs> Woo! That is the jam, all right? Then you get to trap music, and trap music, trap music is one of the greatest records ever made. Period. No way around it. I see people in here saying that T.I. made trap music, and that's just a stupid thing to say. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. Um, I think we all know the answer to what the first true trap record is, right? Y'all got that? Let's see if anybody in the chat room's got that. The first, the first trap, the tr first real trap music song. Like, I think if you want to draw a line to all them trap cuts. See if you can get to, let's see how many people can get to it here. 
One to the two, the three to four, them dirty red dolls done hit the dough and they got everybody on their hands and knees and they ain't gonna stop until they find them keys. Now, dirty Bill Clinton front me some weight, told me keep two, bring them back eight. Dirty, dirty South, there it is right there. Now, I see people saying like pocket full of stones and you can go back to that except I feel like the trap music aesthetic that we're talking about is very particular to Atlanta. Like, I don't think of them UGK dope traps, tracks as trap music, in part because I don't recall them calling it a trap in Houston. You know what I mean? And I guess, I suppose at this point, trap music does not necessarily have to come from Atlanta to be trap music, but I do feel like to call it trap music, the point of origin is Dirty South by the uh, Goody Mob and uh, Cool Breeze, who did, in fact, trademark good, uh, Dirty South, which I would assume is the reason why that dude ain't had to put out no album. He trademarked Dirty South. He ain't never got to work. Anyway, T.I. got jams, dog. So we can go from, so I can't even just rattle them all off right there. Urban Legend is the third record, right? King is the fourth record. Uh, T.I. versus T.I.P. That's the fifth record. And then the sixth one is Paper Trail. How many jams can you pull off those six? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know that much about what happens after Paper Trail. I kind of bailed at that point. But I feel like he got enough before Paper Trail. He ain't got to do too much. Did I ever tell y'all, though, about that time I went to go see T.I. in concert and why I would not necessarily recommend that you do the same? So T.I. did a concert at Duke. I want to say it was it was the day before Easter. Was it 06? It was either 06 or 07. I feel like it was 06 because it was after King had come out. All right. So he's playing Cameron Indoor Stadium. And so here's the thing about T.I. doing a concert at Duke. It's Cameron Indoor Stadium, so, you know, Duke students are there. But it's Durham. So Durham is there. Right. I saw one Duke student who, just to paint the picture for you, was Caucasian. And uh, he had some dispute with uh, one of the locals. And the local had been sipping on a little something. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know if the, the Caucasian gentleman um, was respecting the possibilities in the way that me and my crew were. But I do know he was going back and forth with, that, with, the, with, the, with the local. Nothing happened. But after the concert, I remember we walked up out the gym. And we standing in front. And I saw that local looking for somebody. I don't know what he was looking for, who he was looking for, and exactly why he was doing it, but we left. Anyway, we go see T.I., paid $25. And in case you're wondering how my experience was going to see T.I. that day, I got home, and I don't know if it was that day, but a day that wasn't too like different from that, I started a Facebook group entitled, T.I. Owes Me $25. And I say that T.I. owed us $25 because T.I. somehow thought, like, basically he gave us a concert like he was a DJ at the club. Like, why are you only giving us one verse? Whole concert, he only gave us two full songs. It was the last two. I don't even remember which ones they were. I think one of them was like, you don't know me. It's either you don't know me or ASAP, right? And I think the other one might have been what you know about that because, you know, it was about that time. I can't remember which one. But he was just giving us one verse. And we knew it was all bad. Because 20 minutes into the show, 20 minutes in, 20 minutes, this fool took off his shirt. After 20 minutes. 
Whole set. 40 minutes. The whole set was 40 minutes. And so, of course, after the show, you know, Duke felt like they got got. And so there was a story, like there was a story in the student newspaper because they was hot to people's hot. They only got their 40 minutes. Right. And this Duke like me, I'm just like, damn, y'all got me. Duke students don't operate in that way. They call lawyers. And so they they had the student newspaper complaining about it. Uh, People wondering if they should ever have another rap show again. Like somehow they holding T.I. against everybody else. And I, if I'm not mistaken, by the way, oh, I forgot. This is the best part because I hadn't heard of the band at the time, but they turned into like somewhat of a big deal. Um, opening for T.I. was Death Cab for Cutie. Now, I ain't never got around to listening to Death Cab for Cutie, but like I'm just telling you. But anyway, the story in the student newspaper about the set and about people being upset about it. Duke was going to like because T.I. breached the contract. The contract said he was supposed to play 60 minutes. He only played 40 minutes. Like, they were within their rights to fight the contract. Except, I think T.I. was booking was through William Morris at the time. And they didn't want no beef with William Morris. So, T.I. just extorted them. And here's the thing that gets me about it. This is what I'll always be a little salty with him about. You already out of town. What's the difference between 40 minutes and 60 minutes? Like, you already in Durham. What is the difference? Like, I remember once Outcast came and spoke on campus. It was at the Clark Atlanta University Writers Workshop in April of uh, 1998. And they was out of there. Like, I forget what time it was, but they couldn't. They, they did, you know, they talked. They did all that stuff. But they couldn't wait to get out of there. They could not wait. And the word got around that they could not wait to get out of there because they had tickets to the Hawks game and they wanted to go to the Hawks game. And you know what? I didn't appreciate the fact that they was trying to run up out of there as fast as they possibly could. But you know what? At least they had somewhere to go right up the street. You know what I'm saying? I can understand where they was coming from. 20 minutes, dog. You couldn't give us 20 more minutes tip. But then I read in the student newspaper how mad the Duke people were. And I was like, yo, I can't be on y'all side. I was rooting for T.I., who got over me. Got over on me. Ain't that some shit. Anyway, appreciate your questions. Let me see Let me see what else we got here. Is August Alsina the biggest herb ever? Okay, so apparently this also happened when I was on vacation, and August Alsina did an interview... And you guys let me know if I got this wrong because I didn't watch the interview. But August Alcina did an interview, and apparently he rolls with uh, the Jaden Smith kid. And Alcina told the world what apparently was something that he had been uh, hinting at, which is that apparently he and Jada Pinkett, like, did some things and that Will Smith was aware of these things. And, you know, he was kind of hurt after it ended because he was so totally in love with her and everything else. And there's a lesson to be learned from this story. And you know what that lesson is? If you can sing... The world is yours. Like, that's what I saw. Like, you know how everybody thinks that if they was like 6'6", 
that they would be playing in the NBA. Like everybody thinks the only reason that they're not in the NBA is because they're not tall enough. You know how that goes? All right. That's how most people feel. I do feel that everybody has the right to say to themselves that if they could sing, who would ever say no? Like, no lie. I'm just saying, I understand. Not every woman or man who is watching this video is attracted to me, right? But if you are the type of person to be attracted to dudes, I might be too skinny for you, the whole hairline thing, it might be a situation. My grill used to be messed up. I went ahead and got it fixed. Maybe you can't get past what it was or who I used to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of those things are possible. Maybe that's the case. Now imagine that I could come over to you and sing a door. Tell me everything didn't just change. Did everything not change? Like, right then and there? I ain't even necessarily got to be able to say nothing romantic. Like, it would probably help if it was romantic. But if I could, like, really sing, like, not just a little sing, but, like, really, 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 really sing, you know? You come in there and be like, song that everybody can sing. We all know the words, too. When I met you last night, baby. Game on. Game on. Right then and there. It will happen. I understand a lot of y'all are saying, you know, you hear me saying that. You're like, yo, that's not romantic. That song is highly misogynistic. It sure is. But that shit ain't never seen the matter when I heard it played at the party. Not once. Not once. Just saying. Anyway, I'm sure there are like more serious elements of Alex seeing the thing. I will say this part because people have told me that the young man apparently has been through a lot. Uh, Jada, did, did Jada call herself to the red table yet? Did that happen? Has she come to, to answer for that situation yet? Like, has that gone down? Um, I don't know. Um, I'll just say, August Alcina is how old? And how old was August Alcina when he apparently was in this relationship with Jada Pinkett? He was like in his early to mid-20s. 27, that's what we got in the chat room. Somebody says 27. I don't know how. Or somebody say 25, 24. Okay. There's no way in the world that 24-year-old me could have kept that but so close. It would have been a whole lot of, yo, you can't tell nobody. All right. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you can't tell nobody. But uh I went to Jada House. Yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? All right, man. But look, don't don't tell nobody. All right, all right. I gotta call some more people. Hey, hey, yo, yo, yo. Um, bring yeah, 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 yo, yo. Um, don't tell nobody, right? Like I, 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 I don't. I cannot tell you that at that age. And I was pretty good about that stuff at that age. But I can't promise you how good I would have been if we was talking about uh, we talking about Jada Pinkett. No, 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 no. I don't. Mm-mm, mm. I don't know if I could have kept that to myself. If it was Jada Pinkett's mama. Hell, I don't know if I got to keep that, keep that to myself now. Hold on, he was living in the house? Ooh, boy, that sounds a little too intense. Yeah, yeah. Yo, like I've seen the people who made the arguments about the boy being like exploited or something like that. And again, I don't know enough about all the situation to fully say that. But I do know, given the things that he has gone through and he was living in the house with him. Yeah, that looks a little suspect. That, that, 
I understand why people say that that looks to be problematic. Um, I also think that if I was 24, 25 years old, someone would probably have to explain to me that that was problematic after the fact. Like I would have to be told and I might understand at that point. Yeah, you right. But you would, you would have to tell me. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. People really don't understand that Kanye's 2020 fan base is nothing like it was in 2005. Let me ask you a question. And I ask this sincerely. What is Kanye's fan base in 2020? Like, I don't have a great answer for that. I went to a Kanye West show on the Life of Pablo tour. So this is 2016. I went to that show in Miami. And I have to say that fan base was very young and very white. Um, like it was, it was wild. It was like a bunch of white teenagers. He's not playing the music that made somebody like me get into Kanye in the first place. Like it was very little of college dropout. It was very little, um, of late registration. Like it wasn't much, it, it really wasn't much of any of those. Um, they didn't know the words. Like it was a really just odd setting. And also I had floor quote unquote seats because my boy was like yo we can get floor seats because they're cheaper than the seats you know the the seats that are farther back and he didn't understand that that meant that we were going to be standing on the floor while he was on a stage platform that swung around he had to run around the whole damn time and we was all too old for that shit like every single one of us was too old to be doing that um but i got the feeling that that fan base was very young and white so now people for whatever reason are entertaining the ridiculous idea that maybe just maybe kanye west gonna run for president He's not going to run for president. Even if he does run for president, I don't care. The, the thing that's infuriating me about it is people are like, well, if Kanye runs, he's going to take away black voters from Joe Biden. Have you not noticed that Kanye West for the last three years has been talking about that MAGA? Have you paid any attention to anything about black people? Do you believe for a second that after Kanye went MAGA for three years that black people just going to be like, oh, cool, black man running. Now we're going to do it. Like, it is amazing. White folks seem to believe at the same time, at the same time, okay? Think about this. White folks seem to believe at once that we will vote for any black person you put in front of us and that we will vote for any Democrat that you put in front of us. Both of those can't really be true at one time. Bring the black Republicans out here. Go look at how they get treated. Go see how black people rock for them. Right. Show me all those black people that was ready to vote for Ben Carson. Let me see. It. Where you at? This is so dumb. It is absolutely 100% dumb that people are really. And I was trying to talk to people about it on Twitter. And they were like, I was like, yo, if you legitimize this, you're an idiot. That's what they said about Trump. The election is in four months. Trump did not just show up in July trying to get elected in November. That isn't how that went, right? Trump had been at this for over a year, and then it went, and then he went through a primary season and all of that stuff. Like, y'all think y'all outsmarting the game. Yeah, well, y'all said the same thing about Donald Trump. Did you not notice that Donald Trump is white? Anybody? Did you see what the black man had to be to be the black man to be elected president of the United States? Like, did you see every single box 
that Obama had to check to be the president of the United States. And y'all think they're going to elect Kanye? Really? That's what you think? You think they're going to elect Kanye? Dumbass. Like anybody that thinks that this has any measure of seriousness is a moron. All right, appreciate the question. This one, are you a Bruce Lee or Ric Flair guy? And the answer is yes. Why the hell would I have to pick one? In fact, I feel like the, the, the circle of Bruce Lee and Ric Flair, like I feel like the, this Bruce Lee, this Ric Flair, here to overlap. Right here, it's a circle. This circle. They appeal to the same demographic. And you know who that is? Really cool people. That's who. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Is Christian Cooper whack for letting that lady walk off at this point? All right. So Christian Cooper is old buddy. What did he call himself? What they called him? He's a birder. Is that what it's called? A birder? He uh he likes to look at birds. Yeah, yeah, he likes to look at birds. Um, anyway, um, so the the Amy Cooper lady, the, the the Karen lady, you remember that it was in Central Park, and the woman uh you know called the cops on him and all this stuff, and it turned into this giant thing. Like she became the Karen of all Karens because that's what y'all you know all that stuff. Anyway, um. Yesterday, my man said that he did not want Amy Cooper to go to jail. And you had a whole lot of people who jump on the Internet and were mad at him. I don't know if mad at him is the right way to put it, but it's a whole lot of you a better person than me and so forth and so on. And all I'm saying is. If you don't think that they should be locking people up for bullshit, then you don't think they should be locking this woman up for this. Like, this is not something that a person should go to jail for. This is not something that our overburdened court system should be dealing with. Like, just because the person isn't black doesn't mean that a lot of the nonsensical elements of the carceral state are not at play in the discussion that we're having here. What you wind up with is black folks ain't typically got this kind of power. And I think black people often feel like it's whack that we always wind up being a lot nicer about this stuff than white folks are when they have the opportunity. I 100% totally get that. But I think that there's something sick and craven about this idea that you lust for him to send this woman to jail over A, something silly, and B, I said this when it happened. That woman didn't seem to be well. And I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm just saying that she doesn't seem to be well. And so, no, I ain't got no problem with him saying that he doesn't want her to go to jail. I tell you what I did have a problem with. I had a problem with the fact that Christian Cooper said that the solution to the problem was to add, like, to have more cops in Central Park. So let me get this straight. You don't want her to go to jail, but you want there to be more cops? What was more cops going to do? So she could go get a cop instead of having to call 911? What are you talking about? That's the, like, that was the part that was stupid. I don't know who in the world is looking around at what's going all right, I'm going to do it. What black man is looking around right now at the world and thinking that's a, that the solution is more police? Right? Who thinks that? And see, the whole thing about that dude was like, you know, when he was kind of like the victim in that situation, 
ain't nobody want to call him no herb. And then everybody, oh, you know, black birders, we exist, right? Like every every part, everything that that's out there that don't a whole lot of black people do. Once somebody find out one black person do it, somebody always want to be out here with the, you ain't no black people did this? No, I did not. In fact, I ain't met a single one of y'all. To be fair, I ain't really know white people did this stuff neither. Since you brought it up. No, I did not. Like I was at a conference once. This woman stood up and she used to play soccer. And she was like, yes, you know black people play soccer. Yes, in fact, I do know that black people play soccer. It's going to surprise you, but I know a lot of fucking black people. This is a black person. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like you're not that special because you play soccer. That's the same way I felt about these nerds that was out here looking at these birds. Like, good for y'all. Congregate amongst yourselves. But this fool talked about he wanted there to be more cops in Central Park. They got more cops in Central Park. You're never going to be able to duck away in. Hey, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Oh, somebody said, uh, does Hammer have a legit beef with you? No, Hammer ain't got no beef with me. Hammer follows me on multiple social media platforms. Somebody asked if I watch Hamilton yet. And the answer is no. Guys, I, I, I just realized as I read through this, a lot of you are new here. I can't answer sports questions in this podcast um, by contractual agreement, just so you know. Like, you got a sports question. I can't really do anything with that. All right. Damn, somebody got a question here. Can I tell you how my store got robbed today? But it's been so long since we had a video caller on here. I'm afraid of what y'all might do. I'm very curious about what happened, just so you know. Have you given Pop Smoke a listen? I did give Pop Smoke a listen. I'm not going to say that I gave Pop Smoke a very long listen, but I did give Pop Smoke a listen. Um, you guys, people seem to really dig uh, the Pop Smoke. Um, unfortunately, the young man passed away. Rest in peace. And I had two conclusions from the three or four tracks that I listened to on the Pop Smoke. Um, actually, there's really one conclusion that I had in listening to the Pop Smoke. You ready? The South won. <laughs> there it is right there. The South won. You have to tell me that dude was from Brooklyn. Otherwise, I'd have had no idea. You know why? Because the South won. Yeah, appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Are you surprised by society's dedication to having an eventful summer during a pandemic? Um, I don't know what to think about this in some places. Like, again, I live in New York, so the math on all of this is much different because going outside in New York, like, you have to go outside. Like, like I think it's unrealistic to expect people to be indoors all the time. It's wildly unhealthy for people to be indoors all the time. But in New York, in order to go outside for most people, you have to go outside you understand what i mean like in order to go outside you can't just go out like out your front door on the back porch or whatever it is like you got to go outside like something that's interesting um in most places like apartments most of them got balconies like, even if the apartment ain't dope, they got something that you can step out onto, right? Even if it's just, like, outside your front door and there's, like, you know, you go down the steps to get to your car or something like that. Like, everybody, like, pretty much every apartment has some place that you can step outside to. Because of the way New York is configured, New York doesn't have that. 
Like even in my building, which is like uh, not super fancy, but it's like a fancy enough sort of building. Most people's don't most people don't have outdoor access. Like they out there on all the common areas of the building, areas that people had not used previously because they just can't go outside otherwise. And so people are out and I see them, but I do walk past in restaurants and bars sometimes, and I'm just looking at people like, yo, why are y'all so deep out here? Like, did y'all I don't need it that bad. I really, really don't. And I have been surprised that people need it that bad. But I think to a degree it's worth considering that this is so widespread that like maybe there's just something about the human condition that I don't quite understand. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Assuming I want to keep going. By the way, I think we talked about this earlier, but somebody said this TI-50 thing can't end well, right? So here's the problem with this potential TI-50 thing. 50 is much better at laughing at everybody else than laughing at himself. And he is just not particularly gracious. And Tip is not a dude that suffers that very well. And Tip will blow him out track for track. Uh, Like, they too old to, like, get into any real actual beef at this point. I'm just saying it could wind up being very uncomfortable. How about that? By the way, did y'all watch the Jada Kiss fabulous one? Because I sure as hell did not. I'm not from New York. No beef of those dudes, right? They both made like decent music, but I ain't just been sitting around like that. That was not something that was going to make me nostalgic. I'm from Houston. How wild does 2020 have to get before we stop talking about cancel culture and PC police and illiberal discourse and start noticing that things are on fire all over the damn place? Let me tell you something about that. You got to be careful about who you call them. We in that case, people that are concerned with the idea of cancel culture and all of that stuff right now are people that absolutely do not see or feel themselves affected by what's going on outside. Like, that's the only way that that's what your thought is right now in this moment. Or if that's what your thought is, you got some real wild shit that you really want to say, but you're afraid your boss ain't going to like. Because if people start talking about they're afraid of getting canceled, they're not afraid of getting canceled. They're afraid of getting fired. Like, there is no actual notion of cancellation. That's not how things work, right? Like, it's been overstated by these people who take cancel to be so literally, so literal. But I also think that people throw cancel cancel around a little willy-nilly, and it doesn't take much of a standard for them to say that's what they're going to do. And so I think for people who peek in for the outside, it's understandable how they can wind up being a little bit confused as to what exactly it is that people mean. But nobody really gets canceled, especially not white folks. Y'all get the benefit of the doubt for everything. Like, you got to say some real wild shit as a white person to get canceled. Like, if, like what it's going to take for you to get canceled as a white person, we ain't even going to be talking about cancel culture. We're just going to be talking about you. Like, that's it. One thing white folks ain't got no trouble finding is somebody to forgive them. Hell, we be forgiving y'all. You think white people won't? Like, come on, man. It ain't that difficult. Right, somebody said in here that Roseanne got canceled. If you say Roseanne got canceled, keep in mind that she got canceled for saying stuff that she had been saying before, and they gave her a television show in between. Remember that? Like, she was saying that wild stuff, got a TV show. So I point out, Donald Trump saying all the things and doing all the things he's done before he became president of the United States. No, what it is is there's a certain class of people that think that no matter what your ridiculous opinion is, I have to respect it, and I do not. Like, not every opinion is worthy of my respect. And I think you talk about that Harper's letter, but that Harper's letter's got people on it who are, like, notorious for calling and trying to get people fired because of things that they didn't like. Like, that was where the hypocrisy of it came in, is in who some of the people are 
who were included in that. But I just couldn't imagine. Like, if you want to, you want me to sign some long letter, like there was something that had happened a couple of weeks ago and I got my hands on. I think it was something like black creatives were doing. And I forget what exactly the letter was supposed to say. And it felt like it was going to be this real big show and it was going to have all these names on it. And if you know anything that that letter accomplished, please let me know. Because I couldn't figure out what the letter was going to accomplish. All I figured I was going to do, and I don't even think I was invited to be on it, to be honest, but somebody gave it to me. But the only thing that I saw that that would result in for me is I was just going to have my name on there with a bunch of other people. And I don't necessarily want my name anywhere near some of those people. Like, I, like, like, the, like, nah, I had no interest in participating in anything like that. And I don't know what these people thought they were getting out of putting their name on that letter. Like, what is the accomplishment? Like, do you think that people were going to read that letter in Harper's and be like, oh, damn, now I got to flip up my steeds? What, nobody going to do that? Like, there's just something real masturbatory about the idea about we're all going to put our names on a letter and people are going to read it. You know who's going to read it? The people who read Harper's. And I'm not saying as I don't even know how many people read Harper's, to be honest. I'm just telling you it's not a representative cross-section of America. Like, this is bougie folks talking amongst bougie folks and basically trying to be like, we should be able to say whatever wild stuff we want. And I'm here to tell you, I ain't here for it. I'm not. And all those people who believe that, let me get out of what they consider to be lying and see how much they believe in what they was talking about on that letter. Like, see how that goes. Oh, appreciate the question. My man here said, do you see yourself using the notoriety you've achieved through ESPN to achieve a level of freedom where you can expand your platform so that you can publicly say and do what you see fit without worrying about the mouse censoring you? I don't even know what that means. Like, you mean, like, do you mean that maybe one day I won't work at ESPN anymore? I mean, there's a chance I could work there for 40 years. I don't know. Like, this is what I wonder when I see people put questions like this in the chat. What do you think I'm going to say to this? Like in public, Dre Taylor. What do you think I'm going to say to this? Let's ask yourself that question. Like I really wondered this to some of y'all. And this has happened to me like many, many years ago. A reader sent me some email. This when Whitlock and Scoop were beefing. And he was like, what is your opinion on Jason Whitlock um, and what he wrote on this? What is your opinion on Scoop Jackson? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Like demanding answers about what I think about my coworkers or what I think about my boss. Like how stupid is that? I work there. I just told you I signed a contract extension. You asking me about the next job. You fool. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing about once a week. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, remember, if you cannot watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. You can also find us at the Google Play Store. And I'll talk to you guys next week, I think. Take it easy. <laughs>